0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Nonley podcast with me John Phipps and Matt Gerrard. I would say we're later than usual this week but it seems at the moment that Thursday has become podcast day. Uh, my fault this week because I was out yesterday. It's nice working for yourself. Anyway Matt is on the line now and it says on my script, yes it is scripted, to share some niceties with Matt. So Matt how are you?
1: Yeah not too bad, not too bad John yet. It's been uh, well, a week into 2019 so um Everything's back to work. Everything's back to normal January. so a bit of a depressing month, but uh, got to fight through it. And I've, I've read somewhere, somebody said yesterday, that they predicted, like, on the 26th of January or something, like Canterbury's getting 4.4 centimetres of snow. So um, I don't know how they do this sort of thing, but somebody mentioned it in the office. I thought, how, how do they do that? But uh, if you are, if, well, basically, 26th of June, this is, which is a Sunday, four and a half centimetres of snow in Canterbury. So planet's on his own weather map, but you never know. So we could be getting some snow, which is bizarre but apart from that yeah january is pretty depressing to be honest isn't it? the weather's rubbish it's it darker like before so yeah apart from now i'm living the dream because my team are on the up
0: on the up 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 did you uh did you enjoy the snow last year did you
1: yeah it, uh yeah we did a bit the kids went out uh, a little bit but the thing is it was too it was cold but you know i remember you got the um got out it's, it's frozen ice on your old um window wouldn't it so he was not too cold for the kids but yeah i do i do like the snow but doesn't seem really to like driving in it but uh if it's up for the kids so um but you see that thing in austria it's like mental over there really crazy snow if you go in uh austria i think it is and there and i always thought when i was watching it on the news that if that was over here the country would melt down but austria seems to be playing through it but uh yeah so maybe you know 26 if you listen back to this on the 26th of january you haven't got 4.4 centimeters so blame the weatherman because somebody said we were getting
0: or tweet at Matthew underscore Gerard, Because he's the one who's told you that it's Tuesday, Yeah, 20, so. that'd be good.
1: That'd be amazing if somebody did that on the 26th of January, wouldn't it? Right. I think it is a Sunday. I don't know if it is or not. But they, basically,
0: it was Sunday that weekend. So yesterday, I, I wasn't here because I went horse racing. It was... Uh, we'd, we'd had it planned for a while and we had to move the dates around. Went to Lingfield Park. Had a, had a nice uh, three-course dinner in the grandstand, overlooking the finishing line. Um, Any people there? No. Um, I, I had a couple of winners um, in the... I think it was the, the last two races I had the winners. So that was quite handy. Got a little bit of money back.
1: And how did you pick those winners? By, did you
0: study the form? Yeah, a well, bit, bit of studying the form, bit of having a look and thinking, well, that might be interesting. But here's the big thing. So I did this thing and it was um, the place pot. And it, it was there were six races. So at the start of the six races, they gave you a form and said, Yeah, if you can get the, the six, you know, it's two pounds. You could possibly win, win the pot. So went in it the first race absolutely blew out. That was it. So after the second race, she comes around. She goes, "There's also a pot, a four pot. So you can for the next four races, if you do your for a pound, you can put it on. And if if they all place, if all in the it depends on how many people are in the horses are in the race, obviously. If they all place, you'll win at the end. So I went down and I picked the favourites of the last four races, hoping they would all qualify, and they did. So, it's not over the jumps at Lingfield, is it? No, it was on the all weather. So, um. All right. So. All right, which is like astray turf, is it? No, it's like sort of gravelly stuff, I think. All right. Um, so anyway, yeah, so the, four, the last race comes round, and I was after this favourite. It was five to four favourite or something, and just needed it to finish in the top three. Finished second. So. Oh, yeah. Hayley's getting all excited. She goes, you're going to win quite a bit of money here. She goes, you could win like, we'd be joking all the way through, said, oh, it's going to be five grand and just having a play about with it. And um, towards the end, I started thinking, well, it might be hundred quid, you know, it might be quite nice. Might be a couple of hundred quid, you know, just a bit bit of spend. So we, we she comes down to get our tickets and she goes, oh, she goes, oh, well, yeah, you've got a winner, yeah. And we had to wait like 10 minutes for it to come through. I thought, oh, uh, cool, this is going to be really good. Do you know how much I won? 25 quid. 15 £15.70. That's well, better kicking the nose. Well, yeah, marginally, but I think when we both expect a little bit more than that, <laughs> he was right. uh, was was certainly not impressed. Um, but uh, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? What can you do? Oh, breaking news! But I'm not talking to you.
1: Now. Steve Watson's left gate said to take the job at new York City. Wow! Not really? nothing to do with Kent, but uh, yes,
0: that's a step down, isn't it?
1: Well, York City against a new ground, so uh, oh, that is big news. That's breaking news. Oh,
0: interesting. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that's, probably, that's,
1: that's, that's maybe good for our, our side because Gates have been doing quite well. So uh, maybe no pot to uh, pee in for Gateshead, uh, probably in New York City. Decent job up there, yeah.
0: There you go. Well, I think they get know. a new ground soon. Uh, yeah, they maybe get the new ground, but I don't think the club's been run that well over the past few no, years. No, no. And look where they've fallen to. But very interesting. Anyway, do you want to get on with Lisa? Uh We are, we've just finished the first episode of the second series. Right, uh, OK.
1: A couple of other good. I've seen the end of the current series, but so I won't spoil that until you've
0: watched but it please all. Don't. Uh, Two Doors Down. Have you watched that one? A Scottish comedy on BBC Two. Very funny. My mum and dad like it, so that normally very good. Very, it. very,
1: very. It's a bit risque, but it, it's quite funny. Uh, yeah. And of course, so, Phil and Kirsty love it all. List that we do love a bit of that in our stuff. So, but but apart from that, there hasn't much been
0: on. So. We watched the uh, the entirety of Manhunt, which was on.
1: I oh think... yes, yeah, somebody recommended that. that yeah, was Martin good. Clunes, was not it? Yeah, it was good. Um, we recommend that as well. How many episodes is that?
0: Three. So it started on Sunday, finished on Tuesday. We watched it all last night. All
1: right, so I might get on that, actually.
0: Might yeah. get on that one. He's writing that down in his bit of paper in front of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wrote with me notes that uh, non-existent today. Exactly. Um, it's our 66th episode this week, and ever since we started finding facts to link to the show number to something... This has been an easy one in my head. It's nothing to do with Route 66 or the year England won the World Cup. And it certainly is nothing to do with the song by Lil Yachty featuring Trippy Red, which I've listened to for research purposes. And trust me, it's as bad as it sounds. Nope. On Sunday the 12th of June 2016, a plucky, overweight slogger playing for Norton Sports Cricket Club made 66 runs against Charing. He's only half century to date, so probably only half century ever, really. He hit 10 fours and a six to help his side get a batting point in that game. That batsman was, of course, me. We lost by 10 wickets, but even as a team sport, do you know what? I don't care. I scored a half century and I got 66. How about that? Well,
1: well done. Clickety click 66. He walks off. Was I
0: unbeaten, was it? No, I, I did get out towards the end, unfortunately, but yeah. I, do you know what? I got out the moment that the words that the thought popped into my head. I could get under it here. And then I got out about three <laughs>
1: balls later. <laughs> every, my good friend, Tom Bird, who, who loves his cricket, he plays cricket 365 days a year. He played indoor cricket, which seems ridiculous. He Every time uh, he gets to a score of about 20, he always says to me, oh, could have got 100 there. If he gets out, five, could have got 100 there. So all the time he says that, could have got 100 there and every single
0: thing he does. So, um, But
1: yes, yeah, could have got 100. But he walks off. Proudest punch lifting your back to the air to the sky. I would have
0: thought, or to the crowd. Oh yeah, three. I was I was absolutely made up. Do you know what? I was genuinely cockerhoop. How many was
1: balls do you reckon you faced in your sixty six?
0: Probably about seventy. Oh, uh, run a ball, run a ball. Yeah, three, I, three. I went. I brought this lad on after drinks, and he and he served up five balls down the leg side, all of which I on dispatched. One for six, the rest for four, and then the uh, last ball of the over was a half tracker on the offside. So I just clicked that away for four as well. And I thought, do you know what? So, and the thing was, it's the only place I've ever played where they had like a proper electronic scoreboard. So I knew my oh, I score. I actually knew you were.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, right, and you... a lot of people would say that that doesn't help your club cricketer. For me, it really helped. Knowing what score I was on actually focused me and helped me get to my 50. Uh, to be honest,
1: when I used to play, I used to kick, I never... Got too many runs, but I always knew what score I was on.
0: I used to count, so for that, yeah, Then again. Oh, no, interesting. Yeah, well, there you go, mate. You should, did you take a picture of the scoreboard? No, I didn't actually, because it cleared, uh, it you cleared should, uh... by the time I got anywhere near my phone. But um, I, I <laughs> was able to look it up today, and it is still there that I got 66. So, um, well, yeah, I can still remember that. Well well, well well, batted, sir. Thank you ever so much, Mr. Gerard. I, I was very pleased with my performance that day, actually. And uh, yeah, as I say, we, the team got thrashed, um, but. All that mattered to me was that I got 66 and no one can ever take that away from me, can they? Oh, no,
1: exactly. No, well played.
0: Yeah, exactly. Anyway, enough of all that. Let's talk some football. And we're going to start in the Bostick League South East, where there's been a change of manager towards the foot of the table. As after less than a year in charge, Azan Adev resigned from Sittingbourne. The Brookies made us bright start to the season. but have tailed off and were beaten 5-0 Hastings on Saturday with all five goals coming in the first half. That leaves them 16th in the table. The new man in the dugout at Woodstock Park is Chris Lynch who is head of youth development at Dover which suggests to me that the Brickies are looking to carry on with a youthful squad and um, it's now quarter past one and uh, I'm actually just about to ring Chris Lynch now in the middle of recording the podcast so I'm going to say goodbye to Matt Gerard for a minute, I'm going to ring Chris Lynch and then I'll talk to Matt Gerard again shortly so uh, sit, speak to you in a moment Matthew yes, sir. New manager of Sittingbourne. How, how pleased are you?
2: Yeah, well, it was. Um, it's obviously a big job, considering where they are in the league right now. Um, we've got uh, a little bit to do here now. Uh, I'm sure you uh, want to be aware that there's uh, when a new manager comes in, there's uh, quite a bit to be done. There's players that need to be uh, uh, brought over. Situations potentially need to be resolved. Um, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's a very positive um, job for me. I'm sure there's uh, quite a bit we can do here. just need to make sure that uh, a few things are put in place to ensure that we, one, survive, that's the first thing, and certainly, and then look to progress over the next couple of months.
0: And obviously your background's in, in youth coaching, so does that mean we can expect to see a sort of younger side on the pitch at Sittingbourne?
2: Well, uh, as we are right now, I mean, yeah, I'm all about progression. Um, I'm all about uh, giving people opportunity, but they've got to work hard, and they've got to earn that opportunity, obviously. But um, yes, I mean, there's uh, a lot of local young talent about uh, talent about around the country that are just not getting the opportunities. Um, so. For me, I do tend to go on high-end talent if we can get them in and give them every opportunity to succeed, It's just about supporting them, really, from here on.
0: Have you been looking for, for a job in senior football for a while?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I've spent a bit of time um, over at Canterbury at the beginning of the season uh, with Ben Smith over there. Um, so I've only just uh, recently left there. Um, and uh, the reason I've left was obviously to, um, to embark on uh, number one spot, so um, it was uh, going to happen. It was just a matter of time, really. So it's come up, and uh, it was a great opportunity with a great club and great prospects. So um, the answer was quite an easy
0: one. It's, it's an interesting one, Sitting I, I used to live in Sitting Bull myself, so um, I've been up there a few times, and it, it's difficult where it is at the moment. But if, if all the development around there happens, then th- th- there could be massive potential for the club, couldn't there?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was sold on that straight away when I sat down with uh, the Chairman Moe. Uh, and John, the secretary, we um, had a long chat about the future of the club and what um, potentially could happen with obviously Quinn Estates and maybe uh, um, enhancing the ground or if not a move could be on the table at some point. I think it's a great setup, as it is. Uh, they've got a lot of things right at the club and uh, they're all going in the right direction. It's just a case now of removing them from the position they're
0: in. Is it going to be a case of a, a few new faces immediately or you going to, is everyone got a chance to show you what they can do?
2: Well, obviously, of course, everyone that's at the club at the moment will have their opportunity to uh, show me what they've got. But um, at the same point, um, there's always a requirement for to, what to freshen things up, should we say. So um, I've had a chat with quite a few players at the moment, quite a few players that I've known and used and have played with me over the past few years. Um, so, of course, um, the next uh, the next fixture is obviously this Saturday against Hollands and Blair, which are the friendly, um, which is a perfect opportunity to have a look at some of this talent and see how they mix with a squad personalities uh, work with each other and uh, just see really whether or not um, they're going to be suitable for what the uh, prolonged plan is going to be now. So um, we've got a very clear plan that have we'll put in place. Uh, the board like it. I'm sure the fans will uh, very quickly, once they realise what it is, uh, get a bit of excitement out of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, everything's heading in the right direction.
0: And, and tell us a bit about yourself, Chris. I, I, I've managed to garner a few bits from from the uh, DAFC Youth website, but um, you, you had a, an all right playing career, and, and now you've got a, a UEFA badge as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously that's uh, quite a long time ago now. So I've been in football for a long time as a player. Uh, spent uh, a lot of my youth playing. I was fortunate enough to play for quite a lot of senior um, senior clubs, should we say? Um, over those years, um, ended up uh, playing for locally. Here for Dover and Witsball, where I uh, did okay, should we say? And as a result of that, that's where I got first scouted by um, Aston Villa, probably around ninety four, ninety five. Um, and uh, unfortunately, when the clubs were interested at that type of level, um, it was a bit of a <laughs> it was a bit of a shock at first. But um, yeah, we went went down, we done okay there, and um, was got a point where I was about to take a contract with Aston Villa, and unfortunately car accident, so um, that ended that line for a while, and then mm-hmm. over in uh, 1999 Graham Sadler got back in contact, and um, I was up in Watford um, for a short while, um, with their push from the Championship to the Premier League, so obviously I didn't remain uh, a professional player after that, due to the fact that my injury wouldn't have sustained uh, for too much longer, so I'd have ended up in that hospital, no doubt, but um, I then came back, got into coaching properly, um, I must say that he was a massive influence on me, um, he was the first one actually to tell me that I We'll help you with your coaching badges. We'll help you put you through. So, there's an actual progression from there. So, yes, I'm mean, your way for qualified coach. And, um, yeah,
0: that's kind of where we are. Excellent. And, and just finally, you mentioned you're at Canterbury City. We're going to be talking about them later on in our show. But how great is it for them to be in the last 16 of the FA Vars?
2: Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, let's let's be fair. There's some great people there in terms of players. Um, I know the management well. Uh, ben Smith, obviously. Ben Brown's there. Timmy Dixon's there. All friends of mine. And they don't for- Fantastically, you know, and I was um, glad to be a part of that at the beginning of the season, getting through pre-season, I um, spent a lot of time there coaching, obviously, and um, obviously getting to them, having a bit of a part in where they've uh, kind of ended up going on some very successful runs. So it's fantastic for the area, fantastic for the club and the players, and let's hope they can go on and actually achieve one step further, if not more.
0: And now your focus is just on, on turning Sittemore's fortunes around and getting them up the league?
2: Oh, absolutely. The first job here is um, we need to get out of the position we're in. I mean, looking at the table, we're only three points uh, behind Herne Bay right now. So um, it's a bit of a dangerous position to be in. We need to get the results um, as quick as possible. We need to get points on the board. But um, like I say, I've got a week now um, to assess what we have. Have a look at some new potential faces. But they have to be the right faces. They have to be the right people. There's no point bringing in people um, for for wages that are not going to do a job for you or not long term. So we will make the right decisions. There will be some new fresh young faces coming in. Um, but all oh, that's all good. It's all healthy. Competition for places is what's uh, what's required.
0: Yes, yeah, so obviously, Matt, you've not heard that interview with uh, the new sitting ball manager, Chris Lynch, but he has high hopes. He's, he's, he said there's going to be younger players coming through. Um, and he's going to, but everyone's got a chance. Uh, they haven't got a league game on Saturday, but they're playing a friendly against Hollands and Blair. So he's got a week to sort of assess things and his number one aim is looking at a team that's 16th in the table, three points ahead of uh, 19th place, Herne Bay, and trying to turn it round. That, that, that is as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, and it's
1: good, good, good luck to him, really. Um, sitting born of, you know, 18 months ago when we started the pod, they were doing really well and uh, uh, Nick, Nick, the guys at uh, Ramsgate now, Nick Davis, um, going in there seems to be a highly regarded coach. Done a good job at the U system. There's a lot of Dover players you've gone through the U system and gone to the academy that have now playing at this level. So maybe he'll be you can sort of utilize them. But yeah, i have always said with the pits uh, are really a lovely club. Um, again, the facilities you know I've never been there, John, but you mentioned the facilities are there. They are a little bit difficult for them to play at. But um, here going there, and we, you know it's good to see a new upcoming manager, and I hope it works out for him. And, but I do so, you know. We um, do feel a, sorry for his predecessor who had high hopes, but it just doesn't
0: really worked out for him this season. Yeah, I mean, it's a similar sort of thing, really, to to last year. Last year, Sittingbourne started really well under Nick Davis, and then sort of tailed off. Um, and Nick Davis left in January time. as the new Dev came in this year. Again, they started quite well. They had a good start to the season. I think they were they were flying high certainly at the start of the season, but then it all just sort of seemed to tail off for him. And um, and and again, he, he he's been there less than a year. But he resigned. It was his decision that he wanted to go. Um, and Chris Lynch, by the sounds of things, has been waiting in the wings for a job. And, and it is an opportunity. And, and as he said there, there, there is the potential. When, if, when, all the houses that could be built around that stadium get built, Sittingbourne FC could be in a really good position. Yeah,
1: I, I think a lot of sides in Kent, you know, waiting on an ifs and if buts, maybe. We don't know we know Canterbury are, et cetera, like that, are on the ground. But yeah, Sittingbourne I don't think they'll ever, you know, the heady dates of the early 90s when they were getting good gates at the new rebuilt Central Park, doing well under John Ryan and people like Neil blue and people going through, maybe they're gone. But if they can get one player who goes through the league, they're doing a good job and maybe uh, under Chris is the man to do it. He could probably spot a good player coming through, knows how to coach. So we'll go from now and we'll look at, keep an eye on their results uh, quite a bit. That, that, does that mean that, looking at it, only her and Bailey have all lost sides and Cray haven't changed their manager this season at a
0: level? Uh, Town.
1: Town, of course, yeah, as well. And so, Phoenix but, uh, Sports. So, not but, but again, but, but normally, yeah, so basically, that wasn't a very good
0: statement. But so basically, basically Faversham of Ashford and Sitting Board have changed their manager, is what you were trying to say there. And Ramsgate? And Ramsgate, yeah.
1: So yes, so yes, arguably. But <laughs> well, we know there's been a lot of managers released in Kent this year anyway, so, um, yeah. And it's, you know, bay, you know I admire Hand Bay, they're sticking with their policy with... Uh, Embry and Darlington, and you know, just the results can prove a little bit more consistency. They might have a chance.
0: Exactly. Um, Craig Wanderers are still eight points clear at the top of the table. They left it late on Sunday before beating Three Bridges, ten man Three Bridges as well. But uh, they, Archie Johnson scoring in the last minute to give Craig Wanderers three points in oh, that game. Um,
1: yeah, Archie Johnson is a bit well in. I always quite rated him, young yeah. lad. I wonder where he went to. So, um, yeah. So, well, good luck to him.
0: Yeah. Elsewhere in that division on Saturday, um, Faversham lost two 0 at home to Horsham. Uh, Ramsgate let a two-got-all-lead slip but managed to hit back in with a last-minute goal to win 3-2 at Haywards Heath Town Seven Oaks were 2-1 winners at Herne Bay late, two late goals there, Kenny Pogue and Frankie Sawyer Dan Parrish scored a hat-trick as Ashford won 4-0 at VCD and Whitspool Town scored a late penalty to Chris Elliott as they held uh, East Grinstead 1-1 at home uh, in that division as well uh, there was no games mid-week in the bossett League South East uh, this weekend, obviously, they'll be back. Sittingbourne we'll don't have a game, as we've already mentioned, under their new manager. Um, but there will be league games Ashford against Whitstable. Uh, Cray Wanderers go to East. Hythe uh, Town are at home to Haywards Heath. Phoenix are at home to Inform Hastings. It's Ramsgate against Guernsey, which is a 12 45 kickoff. Uh, Sevenoaks Town against Faversham Town. And Three Bridges against VCD Athletic. Uh, it's, it's looking interesting that division. Craig Wanderer is still flying the flag though and, and they've just got to hope they can carry on their form, That Yeah, it's there
1: for to throw away. You know, score in the last minute always. Uh, does a job there. Hive, you know, hit, hit and miss. Tommy Warraleau's landed on his feet. I think Ashford, they're doing pretty well scoring some goals. So maybe some of our sides, you know, will be in the playoff position. We just want to move Herndon away from the base of the table because we're led to believe there will be one relegation spot.
0: Is that correct? As I understand it, yeah, there is going to be one team going down, obviously, even with Thamesmead having gone um, to the wall earlier this season. Uh, in the Bosset League Premier Division, uh, Margate drew 1 1 with Worthing on Saturday, a late penalty from, as as he's called on the uh, Isthmian League website, Francis Colin, or Franny as he is to everybody else. Uh, Tunbridge Angels came from two goals down to get a point against Brighton and Sea Regent, and it was Burgess Hill Town nil, Folks and Invictor 0 uh, also in that league. Uh, looking at the fixtures this weekend, uh, Margate appear not to have a game, which is very strange. On Saturday. Um, folks, the Mike well, FA Trophy, isn't it? So maybe yeah. one of the sides they're uh, playing from that there we go, then. could be in the competition.
1: I think Haringey's their next game, which is top of the table, I think, uh, a week Saturday.
0: Yeah, folks in Victor uh, are at home to AFC Hornchurch on Saturday. Uh, Tunbridge Angels are at home to Kingstonian. Um, and. Yes, as you say, Margate's next game is against Haringey on Saturday the 19th, before they actually make the trip to Lewis, the rearranged game on the 23rd of January, which is something I'm planning on going to myself. Uh, into the National League, um, and I suppose we'll just let you have a couple of minutes, Matthew, to talk about the continu- continued marvellous resurgence of Dover Athletic, and what a goal that was from Anthony Jeffrey to beat high-flying Wrexham. Yeah, I went to um, a day out in London on Saturday with the family. So
2: uh, my wife told me, stop checking your phone to look at the football scores. So I was walking across
1: London Bridge and I sneaked one at uh, five to five and see that Geoffrey had scored the winner. So uh, I punched the air and high-fived my oldest daughter saying, what a result that is. Yeah, it was a good goal from Geoffrey. Um, the old, you know, play on the left, cut it on your right and whack it into the corner. So, uh, yeah, we are... Looking good. That's I think, four clean sheets on the spin. That's three clean sheets. Yeah, four clean sheets in the spin if you include the trophy draw win on Tuesday night. So uh, we're heading in the right direction. Four points above the drop zone. It's still a long way to go. I know some fans say, saying, oh, we're going to get in the playoffs. I don't get too excited. I just want to get 52, 53 points. It means we're in this division next year. But yeah, Andy Heston Tuller doing a very good job Um, and we're absolutely delighted. And all in all, it was a, a good weekend or nearly a good weekend for all our sides in the division, apart from Epstreet, you know, couldn't hang on or couldn't score that last-minute
0: penalty. Oh, yeah, unbelievable that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Bromley were 3-2 winners over AFC followed on Saturday. Not- That's a good result, Bromley. Bromley brilliant at home and a beat Wrexham as well, didn't they? So,
1: Bromley, yeah. you know, I, I was concerned about Bromley, maybe beginning December, they were only three points above the drop zone, but I think they've bounced back well. You know, disappointment of getting chucked out of the trophy. Uh, Neil Smith done a good job. And they are a solid side at home. Bromley um, you know they've really made that fortress they've even sort of their way for out. out uh, you never know they could, they could be in for the playoff hunt now but yeah really good result for them Look, good few days there's Fylde and will, mean, we'll, in my opinion like you playoff sides and, they, and they've disposed of them at home
0: oh, well we don't want Bromley to get in the playoffs though because we don't want to go through all that again do we uh, well we've
1: actually got so close to Bromley but yeah, it's the pitch uh, well, it's, the, Niel- pitch, for, Matt. it's the, the pitch it's the pitch you want to get in the playoffs it's yeah the for Neil Smith and Bromley it's the pitch can't cope go with it
0: <laughs> um. uh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but um, well, we've been lucky in this division the last few years. We've had sides going into the final game of the season trying to get into the playoffs. So um, we do need. Well, Epstein are doing well. There's no reason why Epstein can't get in there. I see Gary Hill saying he might be able to bring some players in, which it, which will, which will be good because he'll bring in players that he's worked with before. And I thought well, maybe John Goddard, who's been on loan, at um. Romley from Stevenage, I think he's at. He's now gone back to Stevenage. I wonder if Athletic will be sniffing around him because he's a good player and really excelled under a hill when he was awoken.
0: Of course Dover Athletic are only sixteen points outside the playoffs as well. Um
1: <laughs> well, we're not going, well, some people get carried away. No well, you know, you know, if we win every single game to the end of the season we might have a chance. But um, you know, get to fifty two points and then, then start getting excited after that. That's my managerial talk, that's what I say to my boys. I thought managing when I finally, when I play that, get a visiting two points and anything out of that is a
0: bonus. Maystone United were 2-1 winners at Hartlepool. Obviously, Hartlepool's goal had to be scored by Jake Cassidy and it was um, and Maidstone have decided that Tristan Lewis and Simon will, will be in charge until at least the end of the month, Matt.
1: Yeah, interesting Simon Walton seems to do all the media work um, rather than Tristan, which may be things and maybe the Maystone board see something in Jason, as they seem in Simon Walton, 31-year-old, sort of same sort of age when Jay got the job from there. He seems to be keen. Great result against Hartlepool. Um, yeah, and they worked well. They lost another goalkeeper before that. Warner went back to Sutton. So they've had four goalkeepers this season. So that's never going to be an easy task. But that's a a decent decent result at Hartlepool. The, the only disappointment they have, of course, is everybody else won. Which, which, apart from Chesterfield. But uh, everybody else around there. Had, had good results, which will be a little bit frustrating for them. But a, a position they're in, they can't rely on anybody else. They've got to win in their matches. And they, and they did that.
0: And before we move on to talk about the Ebbsfleet game we will just very quickly talk about our BBC Radio Kent show on Monday night which uh, if you haven't listened to I really would suggest that you listen again because uh, the interview with Jay Saunders was was very eye opening wasn't it Matt
1: Yeah he he um he, he didn't not he he some punches but he went through what he when he could have gone to leave Maidstone to go to Macclesfield and how he regrets not doing that decision etc like that but um yeah, I think maybe the bridges have been burned between him and Maidstone because there was a lot of love for Jay coming through, and particularly was the interview from the Maidstone fans who really hired him in high esteem. But um, yeah, it's an interesting listen if you, particularly if you're a Maidstone fan. But and we'll, and we'll be looking to see where Jay ends up next. But um, yeah, interesting stuff. So he was talking about what behind the scenes of Maidstone and where he thinks Maidstone are compared to where Bromley, where he's been working, she's no longer working as a as assistant coach to to Neil Smith.
0: Yeah, and uh, that Ipswich game then, 3-0 up at half-time. They were they were giddy as anything on Twitter. Um, and then pegged back by Chesterfield after the break with uh, Denton scoring. And then Marc-Antoine fortune making it 3-2 with seven minutes to go. And then in the 95th minute, Will Evans pops up makes it 3-3. It's a bullet head, to be fair, to
2: Will Evans. I don't know
1: if you've seen it on them. Um, uh, yeah, it annoyed me. It's not one thing I've on got my soapbox here. BT do a brilliant job of the National League, giving highlights, you know, 10 o'clock on a Sunday, brilliant, if you see all the goals. Rather than the website, the National League, which is a good website, but you can't see it, you have to go and see every single one. Because the FA Cup's on, I know I might write about the FA Cup, they haven't got the programme this week. Clearly doing it, you know, it's some big games on, and I appreciate they've been loving Woking, Neil Watford 2 and stuff like that, but you know, it would be good to get the Highlights programme. Because the Highlights programme, you know, if you go on YouTube, you don't actually need to turn it, it gets about 30,000 hits a week. So uh, there were disappointed fans like myself uh, not seeing that programme. Rant over, BT sort it out. You know, you, you do a good product. But, you know, when the FA Cup comes on, there's still National League games, show the goals.
0: And, uh, yeah, so Will Evans scored that bullet header, um, which Matt hasn't seen on the Highlights programme. And then uh, Callum Barton, the goalkeeper, was sent off for bringing down Michael Cheek in the penalty area. Evans thought, oh, I'll have a go, took the gloves and saved Michael Cheek's penalty. Um, what an absolutely staggering end to a game of football that is.
1: Yeah, I had the interview with Will Evans, he was on Five Live and, you know, it was a typical football interview, yeah, he wasn't the uh, most eloquent sort of thing, but he, he was just with his, um, uh, he, what he did, it, it's, uh, he saved the penalty, not many he, he look back on his career from that point of view, but there were also some unsavoury scenes when, um, Chesterfield got the equaliser there, and I think Chesterfield have banned a fat supporter for ten years. For um, it looks like it, it, I came to see on the Twitter that it, somebody was giving Nathan Ashmore a little bit of a kick in and a bit of abuse when he was picking the ball out of his net. So that's not not nice to be seen. And I see Chesterfield, who are in a bit of a hole, have appointed John Sheridan back in the club. Where he got promoted with them, so um, they're not uh, like giving it lying down. They're looking to stay up. But yeah, what a game though. Gary Hill will be disappointed. at and do you think coming the end of the season, if F.C. missed the uh, playoffs by maybe two points, they look at that Chesterfield game and think, "Well, if we'd hang on and scored a penalty, we'd definitely be in the playoffs." It's one of those ones they may look
0: back to regret. There exactly. And um, this weekend, there's no league, no league games at all. There is one on Tuesday, and a big one as well as uh, Maidstone take on Maidenhead. Uh, in a that is a, a big big game at the bottom of the table at the Gallagher Stadium, um, but. Before that, Maidstone and Dover Athletic, after their win on Tuesday night, have both got to contend with the FA Trophy. Maidstone will be at home to Oxford City in their tie, and Dover at home to Harrogate, which uh, isn't a great tie, Matt. But nonetheless, Andy Hess will be pleased with the win on Tuesday night in the replay.
1: Yeah, again, he rested a few players. Um, Effion, Mitch Walker, Brundle... I think he must have played every single minute of every two seasons he's been there, Brundle. Um, but Alfie Pavey who hasn't really hit it off at Dover at the moment. He scored two goals in the trophy, scoring against his old club to get the result there. Yeah, I think um, um, Yeah, if everybody had gone out nobody would be disappointed but I think this must be the last 32 of this competition after this, is it? it must be, I think, 32 left on this. So if you win that, you're 16, then you're thinking oh, maybe we've got a chance. So if they can beat Harrogate who are a bit of a slide recently, particularly away from home they haven't been in good form and don't Everybody should have beat them up there in Ernie Heston Tyler's first game um, I'm sure he'll give some of the fringe players a, a run out again but yeah it's it's green it's seven grand or six grand in the back pocket which is always nice and uh, we'll go from there a little bit but Maystone of course Maystone I think they'd love a trip out to Wembley they're playing um, Oxford who beat Maidened they could have played Maidened twice in three days John but uh, Oxford beat Maidened in the, in the game there so but it's an important game for Maidstone but of course the Maidened game on a Tuesday is more important Three points there. Might even get, I'm just look I'm got the league table in front of me. May even get them taken over, mate, Ned. So they know how important
0: that game is. Uh, it would do actually, yeah, because currently they are three points behind Maidenhead, but they do have a superior goal difference. So winning that game, uh, they're fourth from bottom, are they? Uh, Maidenhead are fifth from bottom. So actually, uh, they could go out of the relegation places at the weekend uh, on Tuesday oh, night. Right. Could stone. So that could so, be yeah. so
1: a big if old game. To, Yeah, if you, if you spoke to a Maidstone fan and said, "Well," you lose to Oxford one nil, but you beat Maidenhead 2 nil. I would have thought, I'm not doing a 95% of the Maystone fans would
0: probably take that rather than the other way around. Yeah. In the, into the National League South then, um, where Woking, uh, Welling were in action on Wednesday night, they lost 2-0 at Woking. Um, <laughs> I, I knew you'd be pleased about that one. Having beaten Truro City 5-3 on Saturday while Wheelstone and Dartford drew 1-1 on Saturday. Uh, that leaves... Uh, Dartford down in ninth with 39 points just two behind Welling who are sixth with 41 but three defeats in their last four for the Wings so um will be wanting It hasn't been a ta- good six since December has it for them? No it hasn't so they'll be needing to turn that round pretty sharpish you would think. Um, yeah
1: they, you know, we were, you know and Talking I think they've both won 10 games on the spin so at one stage I think maybe October Welling were top of the league and Ahead uh, of these sides, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Steve King. Very experienced, in. and Steve King to be fair, his sides normally come good second half of the season. So uh, maybe it's a bit of a blip for the wings, but they'll be. Um, they were disappointed with that. Yeah, they just need to pick themselves up a little bit. And it's a tough place, kind of woken on a face, basically what form woken her in. But yeah, I think they've had some tough fixtures. So uh, hopefully, they can get on a bit of a run now.
0: Yeah, and no game for Welling this weekend as, as they uh, their opponents were due to beat Oxford City, uh, while Dartford are at home to St Albans on Saturday. Uh, we'll move on now to the FA Vars, where there's two scaffold teams standing. Um, we've already heard... Uh, Chris Lynch there mentioned a little bit about Canterbury City, who are in the last 16. Uh, We also spoke to Ben Smith on the radio show, so if you're uh, that way inclined, please give that a listen as well. Um, They will play Coventry United in the last 16 in February. Um, Absolutely fantastic for them. They beat Newport Pagnell Town 3-2 on Sunday, Um, and they followed Cray Valley PM into the uh, next round after they beat Baffins Milton. And Cray Valley's reward was another home tie against Abbey Rangers, who... Unfortunately for Kent sides, we're 2-1 winners at Beersted on Saturday. But two still going, Matt.
1: Yeah, that's, we're in the last 16 now, aren't we?
0: Yeah, we well, are in the last 16.
1: 16. Yeah, 16. Yeah, again, um, we Googled a lot of information about Coventry United. There's no reason why uh, Canterbury can't get a road there. We mentioned Abbey Rangers You mentioned Abbey Rangers how good they were away from home, didn't you, last week? Yeah. And they scored late, late on to beat Beersted to break those hearts. But... Cray, uh, they've got goals in the team, haven't they? So, uh, a few weeks away, I don't think either side are going to be near the top of the table. They're not looking for promotion, so they'll be putting all their eggs in the FA Vars basket. But hopefully, I don't know if uh, Canterbury are going to play on the Saturday or the Sunday, but hopefully they can get a, a decent crowd down at Faversham for that game, because it could be uh, a really big one. Because, you know, once you've got, if you get through the next round, the last eight, that really is you know, thinking time that we've got a chance to, to get to the throw in the competition. It's in a tough competition because there's some big clubs, particularly big northern clubs, you do ever so well in, in this competition.
0: Yeah, that game will be on the Saturday because Fabersham are away on Saturday, the 2nd of uh, February. Right. So uh, that game should be played on the Saturday at Saucers Lane. So uh, if you are in the area that day, then I really recommend that you get along and watch that one because that has potential um, to be a massive game. Um, into the S- Southern Counties East League then, um, a few games obviously last weekend in the league while others were focusing on the Vars. Um, it was AFC Croydon 1, Sports 2, Beckenham 1, Hollands and Blair 1. Uh, Chatham 7, Irith Town 2, just casually scored 7, Crowborough 1, Corinthian 4, Croydon 2, Glebe 1, it was Deal 1, Fisher 1, Sheppey United 3, Lordswood 3, and also Punjab United 3, Tunbridge Wells 6. So, as always, goals galore in the scaffold, mat. Yes, Tunbridge Wells, they're full promotion at the moment, isn't it?
1: They're they're absolutely on fire, so... um... Scoring goals from that point of view, yeah, if the league, we, we do like the goals coming in there. I'm just checking on my phone here, John, any goal scoring names that I like in that. But that's, yeah, some goals
0: there. I've got the league table in front of me, John, so who's who's firing, firing high at the moment? Well, Corinthian have moved level on points with Fisher at the top. Um, and they've played 21 games to Fisher's 22, and Beckenham, a point behind, have played 23, um, so they're level on points, Fisher and Corinthian, Chatham are fourth with 43 points from 20 games, Sheppey up to fifth with 38 from 21, and Cray Valley are still lurking, they've only played 19 games, so they've got 37 points, so there's, I certainly wouldn't rule them out of, of the running at the moment, because like you say, they score goals as well, but um, yeah, a really interesting set of fixtures. And Corinthian play Canterbury City on Saturday. That's a big game for them. I
1: think, yeah, well, if they can hit the top spot in the league, that would be interesting. Canterbury, will they have eyes on the Vars? Interesting to see. But Corinthian, where is Corinthian based?
0: Well, Is that Medway? They're up towards sort of Forkham Valley. Forkham sort of way up. Um, I only know because I've driven past their ground because there's a hospital up near there. Um, but they're sort of around Mepham... That sort of area, right?
1: So yeah, so they're always sort of a famous non-league because David used to train up in Corinthian years ago
0: when the uh, Longfield. Long, there, was, Longfield is what we'll go for as uh, where they're based.
1: Oh right, yeah. So um, it's always been a club that's you know, you know, on on the map. But um, I can't believe really them ever remember them being high and in the next level when they are now. So um, it'd be a fantastic. We've well, ever done the program?
0: We have. Yeah, we spoke to their manager um, earlier on in the season um to have a quick chat about their form because they because they were i think i think we were chatting about the fa cup actually um with their manager right. and I, I definitely have plans to give him a message and try and get him on again um given the their current form yeah yeah so yeah you know
1: it's a it's a good kent non-league club so and they're heading in the right direction they want to see the one big deal in the challenge cup as well didn't they yesterday so yeah all in all it's um Interesting times. Yeah, from Longfield it says. Yeah, it says what they were. But yeah, keep going there. And Cray Valley uh, also had a good win. They're
0: in multiple competitions now, aren't they? So- oh, they play so many competitions at this level. As uh, Saturday's fixtures, we already mentioned Gadsbury against Corinthian, it's Irith town against Croydon, Fisher against Beersted, Glebe against Deal, K Sports against Cray Valley. is a two p.m. kickoff. Lordswood against Beckenham, Punjab United against AFC Croydon, Rustle against Sheppey United, and Tunbridge Wells against Chatham Town. So two big games in the, in the Royal Town there on Saturday as well, Matt. Interesting
1: times. If you want goals, go to a scaffold game because it would be pure entertainment.
0: You've got to say, as Tom Ridgewell scored six on Saturday and uh, Chatham Town scored seven, if that finishes nil nil, I think we should have hats for for, for Eats next week when we're recording the podcast, yeah? Well,
1: yeah, I I can't believe that. I know there was that stat that there hadn't been any nil nils up to about the middle of the season from uh, this. Point of view, wouldn't it? So, um, yeah, I can't believe that Chatham v Tunbridge Wells will be 0 0. Should be a classic, should be a good crowd there. Some good players out there. I think that's Jack Evans, is that the Jack Evans used to play folks the Margate School in the Chatham. Could well be. He's probably playing a
0: level that he shouldn't be. I'm looking at that. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we'll just have a quick whip through the first division as well in that league. In the scaffold, Forest Hill Park 6, Rochester 2, Greenways 1, Brighton Ropes 4, Kennington 2, FC Elmstead 1, Kent Football United 2, Snodland 2. Uh, Meridian VP 1, Irith and Belvedere 4, Phoenix Sports Reserves, Neil Welling Town 4, SC Thamesmead 4, Lidtown 1, Stansfield 4, Lewisham Borough 1 and Sutton Athletic 3, Holmesdale 2. More goals galore there. Um, And as things stand, Welling are still seven points clear at the top from Brighton Ropes. Although Brighton do have two games in hand with Kennington two points further back Um, and Sutton Athletic have... Uh, 38 points from 17, and Irith and Belvedere have 37 points from 17. So, again, still so many games in hand uh, to be had there. So you never really know what's going on all the time, do you, in, in, in that league?
1: No, well, I'm just going back to the scaffold, Premier League. i finally got it up on the league table. Chatham, they're the side now, John. The games in hand could be interesting times there. And Tommy Wells, fair play to them. I don't know what their, what their recent run is, but they've really turned the tables. I think remember them seeing them bottom of the table, but they've really turn that around but yeah it looks a really interesting division Top, we're looking at the top four Fisher, Corinthian, Beckham or Chatham will be the sides looking for promotion but Craig Valley again got games in hand there yeah, interesting times in the uh, scaffold this year I think it's going right to the wire that
0: one yeah it's a, a brilliant division the scaffold uh, Premier Division any of the first division fixtures this weekend uh, Irith and Belvedere play Kemp Football United Lewisham Borough take on Holmesdale Lidtown against Rochester United Snotland Town take on Kennington, Sutton Athletic host SC Thamesmead and Wellington the leaders, play Stansfeld at home. Um, I think we've covered every division there, Matt, haven't missed anything out, have we?
1: No, I think we've done absolutely everything and it's sort of, you know, cut me off halfway to speak to, uh, to Chris on that. But yeah, it's been a, another good show, John, so um, cheered me up a little bit after the stresses of life and work. But uh, yeah, it's good to hear from you
0: and uh, we'll go again. Yeah, so so yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to Chris Lynch as well, and and I really do wish him all the best uh, in his new role at Sittingbourne. Um, and yeah, all that really remains says thanks for listening. Don't forget to uh, get in touch with us on social media at Kent NL Podcast on Twitter or on Facebook. We're Kent Non League. Uh, I am at John Phipps eighty one, and Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. And remember, if it doesn't snow on the twenty sixth of January, just just send him a picture of a snowflake or something like that. That'd really brighten my day. that be
1: spooky if I tell you if it does, wouldn't it? You'd be like, well, 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 impressed with my sources.
0: You'll be hanging up your uh, your radio and podcast hat to become a weatherman, mate. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Well, if it does, I'm probably, what I could probably should do is go and get a sledge from somewhere because they're probably like fifty p at the moment. As soon as there's a bit of snow, it goes up to like fifty quid. So yeah. uh, if I've got any if I've got any sense and I'm with taking them. my my ability on. I should go and buy a cheap sledge now, or buy other white sledges because
0: I could make a fortune out of it. Yeah, why not? Good thinking. If you are fifty p, go and get yourself go and get yourself hundred. You'll be able to knock them out for a fiver each in two. Exactly. Yeah, and then win win. Yeah, win. I could be
1: uh, yeah living the dream. Definitely, even more
0: there. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Chris Lynch for giving up his time. Thanks to Matt Gerard as well for giving up his time. And uh, we will be back with you next week for another jam-packed episode of the Kenton on league Podcast. Thanks for listening.
2: I'm telling you, it's going to snow and it's going to snow a lot.